Hello and welcome to episode 54 of Gutter to Gutter podcast. Let me start out by thanking everybody who turned up to ISO Jab Show. It was amazing. What a massive turnout. It was so cool to see so many amazing cars. Uh, I, I couldn't believe it. Uh, it started off very slowly on the Saturday morning. Um, I was stuck at work and I thought, oh, here we go. I'm going to have a, a bit of an issue trying to keep up with everything. It started off very slowly, so that was, oh, thank you. I'm very thankful for that. But it kicked into high gear, um, sort of Saturday afternoon, and kept on going all the way through. Thank you so much to everybody who came along and joined in. Massive thank you. I cannot tell you how stoked I am on it. I'd like to give an even bigger thank you to all those who jumped in and helped out with prizes for the show. We have Troy Worsley of Warspeed Industries. We have Daniel Everett of Fuck Like Sunglasses. We have Mike Lake with Lakeside Co. And V-Sport came in in the last minute to offer up a few shirts as well. Thank you so much to those guys. Uh, we couldn't have done this without you. Special mention to Jason Lowe of Old School Jap and Euro for staying on top of it all weekend, getting all the entries and sharing them to his story, which is amazing. Please go and follow him on Instagram. Um, also, Picks by Chub Bro, same guy, Jason Lowe. You're amazing. Thank you so much for the use of all your photos leading up to the show. Also, massive thank you to Ryan and Pete from Grassroots Garage for letting me use and pilfer some of their footage. Uh, awesome guys. I appreciate it more than I can more than I can possibly say. And also, a thank you to a good friend of mine, Mick Cristiano, for sort of help getting help me getting the ball rolling on this. He really sort of I guess kicked me in the pants and said, "Hey, why don't you do this?" It, it tanked last year, but things have changed and it can be something big this year. So, uh, with his his words and and his help, I really sort of kicked it into high gear. I'd also like to let you know that winners will be announced tomorrow, which for anyone listening at release will be today. Uh, but to give it a date, it is the 19th of July, 2021. Winners will be announced. There were so many entries, guys. I have to actually spend time and go through them and, and figure out what's what. So it's going to take a little bit of time. Bear with me. Uh, be patient. But it is happening. It will happen. You will get your prizes, guys. And again, I can't say how much I appreciate it all. Don't forget to go and follow the ISO Jap Show hashtag so you can see all the cool cars that joined in. And feel free to post a few up yourself anyway. Even though you've missed it, uh, you'll get to see what you've missed. And please, use that tag all you like. I, myself, and Jason, we all, we all follow it and we'd love to see them. So th- thank you again to everybody. This is getting a bit long-winded, so let's get into this week's episode. We have Aiden Donald from ADI. Aiden is absolutely killing at the moment with 3D designs and rendering for high quality builds with some of the most elite builders in Australia. He's an absolute champion, I'm sure you'll agree when listening to this episode. One thing of note, I was so distracted through this episode, I I don't know why. This was our second time into it, I'd lost the first recording and everything just seemed to be falling apart on me, so I tried to hold it together, I tried to keep it together guys and hopefully... This one was a good one. Hopefully you enjoy it. Something happened with my audio and I don't know what. I couldn't tell you. So I think for a good part of it, my audio is a little bit lower than Aiden's. So please bear with that. You don't want to hear me anyway. You want to hear Aiden. So anyway, I'm waffling. I'm dribbling again as usual. Ladies and gentlemen, please enjoy this episode with Aiden Donald. All right, so we're here tonight with Aiden Donald. Normally we do the big intro but this kind of feels a bit like old hat this is take two now for us aiden <laughs> yeah second how, go how are you man good thanks man how are you 
um, are doing better now that we're back together and, and getting it done again um, to, to sure. sort of to sort of put some kind of uh, narrative to what I'm talking about. This is take two. I um I don't know how I did it. I've never done it before. I've always <laughs> I've always laughed at people. I'm going, how the fuck do you do that? How do you lose a file? Like how do you lose a whole podcast? That's exactly what I did. I lost the whole podcast. So we've we've done this before. We sat down. We've had a chat. Um, I lost the whole thing. I don't know how. But it's it was completely gone. I went down to sort of sit down and edit it. So I knew there was a little bit to do on it, and um, I searched high and low every single drive that I had. <laughs> um, I even checked my new sort of portable hard drive that I know I had nothing on, because I'm like maybe did I yes was I just like out of my mind? I sort of plugged in and maybe just flipped it over there real quick. No, nah, gone completely gone. I don't know what I've done. With it. So here we are, take two. I hope you're doing well, man. Um, thank you so much for your patience and coming back and joining me again. No, no worries. Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, it's awesome to be on. So it's awesome, good. man. Um, so this is gonna this is gonna feel really odd for both of us, actually. But tell us a bit about yourself, mate. Who are you? Who is Aiden Donald? Yeah, so um, I'm 21 years old. I'm from a small country town, Mawulumba, in New South Wales, just near the New South Wales Queensland border. Um, and I'm a freelance automotive designer. I pretty much design custom cars for high-end builders and um, custom parts for those uh, cars as well. Nice, nice, mate. So take us all the way back, all the way back to to young Aiden. Where did your love of cars come from? Um, so, yeah, it's probably got a lot to do with my dad and my family. And, um, yeah, early on he had a couple of early Commodores, a VH. Um, that was pretty tough, had a 308 about 400 horsepower you'd play up in that all the time it was good fun um so had that from when i was about i would have been a couple of years old to when i was about nine that was pretty cool kind of yeah started getting me interested in cars um then he was building a vc commodore um around oh, when it would have been a toddler as well and that was awesome too um yeah and he's a spray painter uh has worked in smash shops for well, as long as i've been alive pretty much and um Yes, I've always been around it, always been exposed to it, um, and yeah. Awesome, man. So it's it's just it's in the blood now. Yeah, definitely. That's nice, man. Nice. So, what do you currently own? I've got a VL Commodore. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's pretty much just an executive, the RB30 aspirated in it. This the auto, nothing too special underneath, but um, it's got a. Calais front, Calais interior, um, house color, teal on the outside, walk and shore kit, um, and it's on 20-inch Simmons. So, yeah, it, lo- it looks pretty cool, but doesn't go too hard. So it looks apart, but it's got that. It's got, and look, let's not let's not um, you know, poke sticks at the RB30. They're not a bad motor. Um, but what's your what's your plans? Are you going to try and wake, that, wake the RB30 up, or are you going to drop a V8 in? Um, at the moment, just enjoying cruising it while I'm at uni still. Yep. Um, Want to get a few other things sorted before I put too much into the car. But um, plans down the track are an LS of some form in there. I do get tempted to put a tough 30 in there every yep. now and then, but always go back to an LS of some form. Um, uh, plan to redo the interior, update it with some proper buckets. Um, yeah, a few custom components in there. Um, modify the kit a little bit. Uh, tubs and i'll probably put on forge lines as well um yep. 
kind of I really like how it sits on the Simmons, but uh, forward lines just look different and um, probably look a little bit better. Yeah, set it yeah. apart too. Yeah, that's good. It's I don't I don't hate on Simmons, but they're an easy wheel. You know what I mean? You put them, yeah, they you are. put them on anything. And last time we got together, I told you I'd literally that day I'd seen a set <laughs> a set of FRs on a Hyundai Gets and it worked. Like they're just a, <laughs> they're just a, they're just though. an easy wheel and they work on anything. So it's it's no surprise we see them everywhere, but it's it's good to yeah. not see them as well. Yeah, they do look killer, but I kind of feel guilty having them on because everyone else has them. Just yeah. So well, um, they're yeah, they're they're un- get else. yeah they're they're undeniable man like they're just they're a super simple and easy design that works with everything yeah definitely and they kind of I guess yeah especially with that shape they're pretty synonymous with a Commodore as well so <laughs> yeah so yeah man um so take us right back to the start we'll get into um like ADI take us right back to the start of where ADI started yeah so um. My passion for drawing probably started around when I was in year two at school. So I would have been about eight years old or something. Um, first memory I had of it was when we did a Father's Day calendar for um, Father's Day. <laughs> and I drew my dad's old Triton, um, his current daily, um, put a lot of detail into it. I didn't think too much of it, but when I gave it to my dad and my family and teachers saw it, um, they kind of freaked out of the detail in it. And yeah, I thought nothing of it, but they encouraged me to keep going with it. Um, so yeah, any spare moment I had, I would just be drawing. Um, when I was young, I was pretty into the Transformers movie. When that first one came out, the fifth gen Camaro off that, that was just, yeah, I thought that was shit hot. So I'd be yeah. drawing that all the time. You make, um, me, you make me feel old, man. I think I was, yeah. I might've been maybe at the end of high school when that movie came out. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> It was what fourteen years ago or something now. Yeah. It's old. Yeah. Um, I was out of high school. And yeah, yeah. It... <laughs> yeah, I was early primary school. Yeah. So um, I guess sorry, we'll we'll um we'll take, give a little bit of a backstory. ADI is is your design um company, uh, Aiden's Design yeah. and Illustrations. And yeah, so Aiden's Design and Illustration is my um business that I do all my design work through and. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of skipped over that. We just kind of introduced you and went into your cars and whatnot. Um, yeah, no, so that is that is what you do for a living. You do custom designs, renderings, and all that sort of gear for the automotive industry. Yeah. Cool. So the interesting car just... design came from um, from early on. You designed the, the Triton for your for your old man. Where did it go from there? Um, yeah, through, so through the rest of school, um, I just pretty much had a sketchbook um, where I'd just sketch out concepts of street machines pretty much so i'd do the fc ek holdens anything i could think of like if i hadn't done a certain model of car my interpretation of it um yeah i would do it um so yeah i built up a pretty good uh, couple of books of um just concepts and just developed my skills through doing that um and then you know started reading street machine magazine um looking at expression session or Aiden Jacoby's section in there and looking at how he did his renderings and I tr- try to start to mimic that um started using pastels and markers that kind of thing um and adding color to my drawings um started spamming the department of youth for street machine as well um so got a couple in there that was pretty awesome um then from there kind of moved into doing photorealistic artworks of completed cars 
Um, started off with just tough street cars and um, a couple of Commodores here and there, but um, then moved into doing elite cars. And um, I think the first one I did was Nathan Borg's um, Grand Champ Dado 1200 Butte. That was awesome. And that definitely helped me get out there a lot more. Um, yeah, pretty much since that one, I've always had commissions on the go. Um, I think the next big one I did was a 34 Tudor for Pat's Pro Restos. Um, and then, yeah, from there, just started having artworks next to elite cars at shows. And, um, yeah, started speaking to Owen Webb. Um, Pat introduced me to him at Motorex 2016 or 2017 in Melbourne. And, um, yeah, he put it to me that I should probably start looking at doing digital renderings of cars um, so that we can actually design the car and um, run through a whole lot of concepts and make easy changes rather than sketching it out by hand, spending so long on an artwork, but then having to redo it if the customer wants to change something. Um, so, yeah, started applying my skills to designing the cars rather than um, capturing what was already there. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I kind of found my niche in that and I really enjoy it still to today. Um and yeah, moved through, moved from um, doing 2D renderings in Photoshop and Illustrator into um, 3D CAD design, um, 3D rendering, um, product design, and yeah. Awesome, man. So with your design work, what, what are the different kind of mediums you use? You know, like um, you started way back at the start with pens, pencils, markers, all that sort of stuff. Take us yeah. through, take us through the, I guess, the evolution right up until now with your 3D rendering and all that sort of gear. Yeah, so started off with yeah, just whatever I could find, pencils, colored pencils, paper. Um, then moved into yeah, lead pencils for a while. Um, just doing black and white stuff. Then moved into markers and pastels, um, and white paint for highlights and stuff. Uh, then I moved into yeah, better markers, better paper, better pencils for the high end photorealistic artworks for elite cars. Um, then moved into 2D Photoshop rendering. So I'd do the line work, like all the pretty much map out the whole rendering in lines in Illustrator, import that into Photoshop and um, pretty much color it in from there. Um, then I started doing the wheels in 3D because it was just more efficient to do. Um, and then and rendering that in a software like Keyshot. Um, and then, yeah, I started doing the whole cars in 3D. Um, since I went to uni, kind of learned a lot about CAD design and then moved into 3D polygonal modeling as well. Yep. Um, and yeah, using programs like Fusion 360 now for my solid CAD modeling. So for custom billet parts or uh, if I'm doing wheels for a car and a rendering, I'll use that. Then 3D mesh or polygonal modeling for just a really quick way to do car bodies and that kind of thing yep. in the renderings. Um, and then, yeah, rendering that in Corona Renderer right now. So, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So out of out of all of those, which one is your favorite? Um, at the moment, really enjoying 3DS Max. Um, just really finding my groove with um, that form of modeling. Um, it's been a, been a hard slog learning it and massive learning, uh, massive learning curve. But yep. um, yeah, it's really paying off now. I'm enjoying it, yeah. Awesome, man. Awesome. Um, so what's what's a ride been like coming into this part of the automotive industry? You know, has, has everyone been really welcoming? Um, yeah, most people have been really welcoming. Like, I don't think I've had a really bad experience with a customer. Yep. Might have had, yeah, it's, it's been really good, actually. Um, obviously, I suppose the hardest part is getting into the industry. Like, it's, 
um, you know, they've been turning up to shows for, oh, since I was probably 10 years old now. And it's, um, yeah, it's taken a really long time to properly establish myself. Um, a lot of that's got to do with the quality of my work though. Like I look back at my work from a few years ago even, and it's, yeah, I, um, I'm surprised some people got me to do stuff for them. <laughs> um, but yeah, honestly, I've had, um, had a couple of really nice people help me get established and all my customers today, um, help me get to where I am. I probably started off with getting into the industry. Like I said, with Pat from Pat's Pro Restos, he helped me get, he helped me get established really well. Then um, Owen Webb helped me get into a lot of other shops like um, ProFlow Performance and Paul Sant from theirs um, fed me so much work. Um, we've done a lot of really cool cars. Um, and yeah, not many of them are out yet either. So I'm pretty excited to um, see how they go too. Yeah, um, awesome. uh, yeah that's awesome. That's awesome, man. Yeah, but beforehand, you gave me a little bit of a snippet of, of what's to come, and, and it's pretty exciting, man. I'm, I'm my lips are sealed. Yeah. I'll not say a word. Um, so that's <laughs> that's awesome, man. I, I cannot wait to see stuff. Um, so with with your designs, man, how in depth do you go? Do you get into like you know like under the under the hood um, suspension components, all that sort of gear, or is it just essentially like cosmetic and, and aesthetic sort of stuff? Yeah, at the moment, it's mainly cosmetic design. I'd love to get into the engineering part of it, but um, really enjoying my industrial design degree at the moment. Could go do mechanical, like we do some mechanical courses in my degree, but um, at this stage, yeah, just going to go with the cosmetic side. Um, down the track, I'd probably like to look into, um, yeah, cutting up chassis and suspension systems and all that. Um, but yeah, um, at the moment, probably like usually we're just going to high detail for the exterior of the car um starting to do a few interior renderings um and then also engine bay renderings as well for when it's really needed to yep. for um really high-end cars we'll map out um yeah basically how all the sheet metal is going to go and um plan that out yeah awesome awesome so is there a car or rendering that you desperately not, not desperately but there's yeah it's something that you just really want to sort of do um i don't think i've done a a falcon hardtop yet so i'd love to do an xabc coupe that'd be tough as they're just killer shape and um yeah i love them uh plymouth barracuda is pretty cool haven't done one of those not everyone likes them but i really like them um like i said it's like like early, going back to early days when i started get started going to shows like motor x there was that king kong cuter that um rocket was taking around that's yeah, probably one of my favorite cars of the early of the show scene when I started turning up. Um, yeah. Nice. So of all the renderings you've done so far, what's your favorite and why? I've got a couple favorites. Um, the LJ Toronto I did for ProFlow would probably be up there, but I think my favorite one at the moment is the Customs for Cancer 68 Camaro build. So um, pretty much the background on that is... Um, Moitz Motorcars is building a, um, a 68 Camaro, a Pro Touring 68 Camaro for Customs for Cancer. We're going to cover the whole build process through social media, street machine, all that kind of thing. And um, yeah, raffle it off to raise funds for Cancer Cancel. So um, it's a absolute looks absolutely killer. Um, I'm sure you might have seen the renderings around. Yep. Um, and yeah, it's even better because it's for such a good cause too. That's awesome, man. I, I can't wait to see that, especially like kind of follow the build and, and, and wait for that to sort of really get going. It's going to be really cool. Yeah, they're putting a lot of effort into the social media part of it. And yep. like really in this industry, like we 
not many people do video content on the build and the processes like united speed shops doing a few um that's really cool i enjoy watching those um but yeah it's cool to see people start to share a bit more of what they're up to absolutely absolutely i think it's a bit of a running theme the last few episodes now has been um sort of behind the scenes stuff you know everybody really loves getting yeah. into it and yeah like you, you look at uh, television shows from all the way back you know you're looking at you know orange county choppers and all that sort of gear like it's proven that people yeah. want to see what goes into building things and the fact that we're now seeing what actually goes into it not what works on camera is um yeah. is yeah it, it's really refreshing and I, I yeah it's i love i love sort of following along that sort of stuff yeah me too it's awesome yeah um so what are some really cool things you've been able to achieve with um designs for 3d printing um so we use 3d printing a bit but not really for end use parts um we've done a few end use parts like um small interior components like uh gauge holders for early commodores that kind of thing um but other than that i've been using it lately just to uh test fit um bigger billet parts so just did a um custom fascia for an eh hold with a retrofit gauge cluster but i think it's a yeah, Dakota Digital, massive, massive cluster in an EH, but we had to style the fascia to look like it was stock EH but still fit this cluster. Um, that came out really good. So, yeah, we 3D printed it out and just test fitted everything. Everything's mint, so that's ready for machining. Um, just did a grill for a car. Can't say much <laughs> more than that. Um, <laughs> yeah, so just, yeah, designed a billet grill for a... a something. Yeah, yep. a car. Um, and yeah, we 3D printed segments of that out to test fit, just to make sure everything's all sweet and also do a few aesthetic changes as well. Yep. Um, yeah. Nice. So, so they're, they're a thing you, obviously you'll 3D print them in like plastic before you then go into like a CNC billet type of thing. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah just to verify the design. Um, yep. even with, even with this grill, like, um, it looked killer on the computer, but once we printed it out, fitted it against the car, um, yeah, the owner mentioned a couple things and we made those changes and, um, yeah, it came up so much better. So it's, um, yeah, honestly inexpensive for um, parts, for projects of that size. Yep. And, and with that, are you using the same design for the, the 3D print as you would for the CNC machining? Or is there... there... Have you got to sort of transpose that across to a different program? What's how does that sort of thing work? Um, programs are the same. Well, the CAD programs the same, but a lot have well those processes both have different design rules. You could say. Yep. Um, you can push them, but that just means more money, or it just doesn't work. Yep. Um, so three D printing, a few things um, you got to keep in mind is um, you know how you orient the part in your slicing software before you pretty much tell the printer to print it. You don't want to end up with too much support material and you've got to um, pay attention to the, to, um, I don't know, you don't call it the grain, but how the layers um, stack up across the part, depending on how you want to use the part or what purpose it might serve. Um, CNC machining, a few things uh, that I've got to take into account are um, depth. Um, so say you've got, you know, you can't make a really, really tight hole with a long, thin tool because it's going to, it's going to snap. So, um, yeah, taking into account radio corners, um, floor radio and stuff and that, yep. um, yeah, it's quite a process, but it's enjoyable. Awesome, man. Awesome. 
Um, who are some of the people you look up to in the in the automotive industry? Um, fair few shops to look up to. Some that I'm really enjoying their work at the moment are Roadster Shop and their designers, um, Chris Gray. He does killer work. Um, Mike O'Brien as well, their CAD guy. Um, he's building that Datsun Ute. That's absolutely killer. Um, Speedcore, they're doing some really cool things. Uh, and then, yeah, Singer Vehicle Design as well with their Porsches. Um, just, I don't know, not usually into that kind of thing, but they've kind of got me excited about old 911s. Um, yeah, just the way they do things, the attention to detail is just beautiful. Yeah, Singer stuff is really good. And um, and Mike as well, I've, I've seen that 620 that he's designed. That thing is amazing. It actually gave... It is insane. Actually, gave, the, the one thing I took from it, which, you know, the whole thing is just unreal. One thing I took from it is how he actually passed the harnesses through the rear wall. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't because, see that bit. That's because, awesome. Because I'm, I'm trying to look with my, my drift ute, I'm looking for a way for harnesses to work in it because you can't really cage them. Um, yeah. You can, but, you know, as far as having a crossbar in the back, especially a single cab ute, you just don't have the room there. Like my seats are hard yeah. against the back wall. So I don't have the room there. And that's the one thing I took yeah. out of it is the fact that I can probably bring a bar out the out like the back wall, across the back of it, and then sort of bring the actual harnesses through the back wall again. So that's really really cool that's sort awesome. of way to use the space that you don't have. So that's one, mm. one yeah one really cool thing that I picked up on that, which I probably yeah you know, like many heaps of people could have seen that image and not even picked up on that. And I don't even know how I did. Maybe <laughs> maybe it's because I was looking. Like, oh, how's he doing this, and how's how's this sort of thing? But yeah, yeah, I don't know how many people have actually picked up on the fact that those harnesses go through the back wall. I'm like, oh, I wonder if I can. There's do so that. many details. Yeah, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, I'd love um the stuff he's 3D printing for it, and then he pretty much taught himself completely from scratch how to work with composites for that build, and yeah, yeah, he's killing it. Awesome, awesome. So, have you had a chance to meet any of these any of these people, or, or yeah, is there a chance in the future that you might sort of make the trip to go and go and meet these people yeah for sure post covid i'd love to um go over there go to sema um go through a few shops it'd be awesome um yeah, yeah haven't had the chance to meet any of them yet any of them yet though yeah so if you had the opportunity to work with one of these guys who would it be um definitely roaster shop they just do a good variety of cars and um yeah, love their design style, engineering that goes into them. Um, yeah, they're just killer. Awesome, man, awesome. On on that vein of things, who are some of the builders that you've been able to work with so far? Um, so, yeah, like I said earlier, started with Pat's Pro Restos, um, then started doing work for ProFlow Performance as well. Um, other ones are Deluxe Rod Shop, just did a really nice um, build rendering for those guys for a long, very long-term build. Um, Real Steel Group, probably not a very well-known shop, but they do killer work. They're out in um, Queanbeyan, just north of Canberra. Uh, who else? Uh, Full Throttle Custom Garage did a VL Calais for them. Nice. Oh yeah, I don't think about it too much because. I'm just so focused on the current build that I just kind of yeah. filter out everything else. Oh, all good, man. I'm um, doing a, a 56 F100 for Downtown Customs up next. That nice. thing will be absolutely killer. Yep. Uh, it's the, yeah, it's got a Viper Gen 4 Vi, uh, 
Gen 4 Viper motor in it. Yep. So that'd be awesome. Awesome, man. I love yeah, it. I really love... excited to work with Downtown. They're up to some killer stuff. Yeah. Oh, I'm loving the stuff they're putting out. It's so cool to see Sharps out now, um, finally, after a nice yeah. build or something like that. Um, I, I did get to catch up with Graham at the Hot Rod and Custom Show in Sydney, which is really cool. Um, busy man. Yeah. Very busy man. So when I say catch up, I think I got to chat with him for like two minutes and then I'm like, I'll get out of here, man. I'll let you go. Um, but you know the the stuff he had yeah, was he amazing. Is. His um his dent side F or the dent side F one hundred that they did. Um, I think it's Glenn's white. Se- I I can't remember what year. I think it might be a seventy seven or seventy. I don't think it's seventy eight. Someone will crucify me for that. But I'm I'm sure it was a seventy six yeah. or seventy seven. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, I absolutely love that thing. Being I owned an F one hundred. That thing's absolutely killer. Day. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. yeah that's awesome man it's love awesome. Dean's HT that they just did yes that thing is perfect there's that's just beautiful like a yeah went on the Oxitec pub run um and yeah we dropped into Graham's shop yep. and he showed us through just so many of the little things that most people wouldn't notice unless you suppose been around that generation of Monaros for a long time or own one or something like that um yeah just so much work and so much attention to detail in that car and then uh, even the interior, like Brent Parker did an absolutely amazing job on that too. Um, yeah, that's one of my favourite cars to ever come out of the scene. Yeah, it's it's a really nice car. And there's, a tr- in, in true downtown custom style, like nothing, no panel went untouched. It's crazy. So where, where do you yeah. see, um, where do you see advancements in automotive design going in the future you know like yeah you've you've sort of come from your 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 pencils and paper into the new age with all the programs and and all that sort of gear where do you see it going in another 10 to 20 years say um at this stage i see the tools i'm using become a lot more accessible to i suppose everyone really um even now like yeah you can buy a 3d printer from aldi um there's youtube tutorials on how to do pretty much everything um, so, and you know, the software is becoming cheaper. There's cheaper alternatives. Um, you know, you've got Facebook groups where you can get help for whatever you're trying to achieve. Um, and yeah, like it's, um, you know, it, people are 3d printing heaps of stuff themselves, like hobbyists and stuff, um, that so many people are using that for automotive projects as well. Um, CAD design is becoming commonplace now. Um, they're teaching it in schools, um, yeah, in high school we did CAD, um, and even now apparently they're taking it a lot more seriously as well. So um, I see these skills becoming, unfortunately, a lot more um, common among everyone, um, and I'm sure that'll filter through to the automotive industry as well. Um, and then from there, um, see further advancements in uh, 3D scanning, that becoming a more common tool to work with. Um, yeah, that technology is improving all the time it's really cool and really exciting to work with um so so have you gotten to work with um 3d scanning as well yeah um i'll be doing a little a few more projects with it soon but i just finished a billet grill for a car um, (laughs) so we, we we 3d scanned the whole front of the car um and then i built the model of that grill within the within the 3d scan so we had um yeah, we had the radiator in there, um, all the radiator support panels, um, all the mounting equipment, the uh, headlights in there as well. So all the reference points were there. 
all I had to do was just build around it. It was awesome. Like to do that manually or by hand, especially being in a remote place where this has been built. Um, it's yeah, it's such a great tool to work with. And um, yeah, it means that you don't really need to do a test fit, but we did. Um, and yeah, the room for error is so much, so much lower, but yeah, no, I really enjoy working with it. That's, that's really cool. And, and it sort of, that in itself kind of explains how it's so not it's not easy but it's um so a lot more commonplace now for these high-end builds to be coming through the fact that you've got something like that you, you scan it and you've literally got your exact measurements you can then sort of design it up and you've you've got your design like obviously as long as it takes you to do you've got your design and yeah. then you can 3d print it and bang you know you just you're testing it test fitting it to make sure that all your measurements were right in the program so yeah that's yeah, that's amazing man yeah it is awesome and um i forgot what i was gonna say all good, all good. <laughs> yeah so, um, let's let's get on to uh the laurie starling award yeah you were the latest laurie starling award winner for 2021 wasn't it yeah i think it's 2021 yeah yeah so we've had last year's winner um, on the podcast as well, Jasmine Green. She is unreal. But everything she she's killing just, it. Just turns to gold, man. Have you seen the door cards and everything she's been doing? Yeah, they look insane. She's... I saw she trimmed some, but then I think I saw a a um a photo of a one untrimmed the other day. Yeah, and yeah, it looks absolutely killer. Yeah, but like she's doing nearly everything now. Like she's doing sheet metal work. She's doing fab. Starting to move into trimming. Yeah, killing it. Yeah, she's just yeah just cut in to her doors. Now this is this is a truck that's painted. <laughs> she's just cut, yeah she's the just, green one. Yeah, she just cut into her doors, um, and put in surf power steering. Yeah, right. That's me. Yeah, not power steering. Sorry, power windows. Power steering. I was going to say power steering in power doors. Steering what are you doing that for? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy, man. Like the stuff she's doing is unreal. And then yeah, then yeah. Cool. Now now that she's done that. She's got room to put speakers in because the window mm. one is, yeah, the, the old mechanical window one is out there. So she can put the speakers in now so she can then start to make that door card. Like, Where does it stop? She just doesn't stop, man. It's amazing. Yeah, that thing's evolving all the time. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it looks killer though. I love the fab work, especially in the back half of the car. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just looks awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. So tell us a bit about winning winning the award, man. Like, how did that go down? Yeah, honestly, um. I didn't even think I was eligible for it. Um, but yeah, Aaron, uh, Aaron Gregory, Owen, people like that said, Hey, look, you should probably apply for this. Hey. Um, so yeah, I did. And yeah, I got chosen honestly. Yeah. Still pinching myself about it. Um, like the prestige that that award holds is crazy. And, you know, I've seen the people that have won it to go on to do great things like Jasmine um, and pretty much everyone else has won it. Um, so to be included in that group of people is just yeah awesome um and yeah also just yeah massive i suppose validation like it's been a bit of a hard slog to get this far with with my work and um to be acknowledged in front of nearly every important person in the industry at the street machine of the year party was yeah just surreal so stoked and then also the um the the prize money that came with it as well has helped me so much in um in buying a custom built PC for my work. Um, that's helped me take on much bigger jobs, do rendering so much faster. So that's been a, a yeah, awesome tool. 
Um, and then also all the great things that have come since the award, um, you know, had a bit more to do with guys from Street Machine, um, started expression session, probably from the contact that's been established there. Um, and yeah, heaps of other nice things have come from it. So really grateful for it. So speaking of the Street Machine of the Year awards, tell me, we saw photos of you drinking out of the Street Machine of the Year trophy. Tell me just how manky was that? Yeah, may or may not have been peer pressure involved there. Um, <laughs> that thing was feral. Hey, like yeah. we were, <laughs> there's photos of us with a torch looking down the trumpets before we did that. And there's like dead spiders, few cobwebs and that. Broads were saying, oh yeah, no, it's been detailed. But yeah, on the outside it looks all right. But on the inside, it's absolutely feral. Um, <laughs> we threw a few beers through that. Um, a few Bundys as well. Um, oh. Yeah, something solid went down my throat at one stage there. Not sure what it was, but I prefer not to think about it. Protein. <laughs> yeah, I um, yeah, I had sores on my lips for the next few days. I think it was sunburn though. I'm not too sure we, um, we can't what it sure, was, eh? but <laughs> we can't know. That's gross, man. <laughs> yeah. Good fun, but yeah, nice. So you brought you just you just told us about um. The uh, Street Machine Expression Session. Tell us a bit about um, the, the gig, I guess, you landed with Street Machine. Yeah, so um, taking on Expression Session. Uh, first rendering that I'll be doing for Expression Session will be in the 40th anniversary magazine. So I think that's the September issue. Yep. Um, yeah, I've started that project. It's just awesome. Um, really excited for that one. Um, to be involved, like I think I've mentioned earlier that I started off learning how to pretty much render cars from expression session, looking yeah. at Aiden Jacoby's work, Ryan Carter's work, um, just looking at how they did things and trying to mimic that in my own work really helped me establish, I suppose, a technique. Yep. Um, and yeah, to be, to be taking on that by myself now is just crazy. That's um, That's so yeah, cool. couldn't have ever really dreamed of doing something like that. So um, yeah, I'm stoked. That's awesome, man. That's really cool. We'll start to wrap her up, man. Um, Tell tell anyone who might be interested in getting into into like you know vehicle design or, or even just 3D modeling or, or rendering or anything like that themselves. Where can a beginner sort of start out? What would be the best um, avenue? Do you think YouTube? Um, yeah, most <laughs> of the honestly most of the or basic versions of the programs that I use are free or are at a, at a hobbyist level are really cheap. Um, so you can start learning there. Um, Fusion 360, I think, has a free hobbyist license. Um, you'll have to check that because I recently changed the re- licensing, so I'm not too sure. But, um, yeah, CAD has become so much more accessible. Um, there's a YouTube on how to, there's a YouTube tutorial on how to do everything for CAD. Um, if you want, yeah, you can go to uni or TAFE to do that. I decided to go to uni to just kind of show me how to get started. But from there, it was pretty cruisy. used YouTube a lot. Um, yeah, so uni, um, I'm doing industrial design at Griffith Uni on the Gold Coast. I'm two years through my three-year degree there. I'm really enjoying that. Um, that's taught me so much and a, a lot of what I can do now to that. Um, when I started a couple of years ago, all I knew to do was, um, all I knew how to do was digital Photoshop renderings pretty much. And now, you know, we've gone through as basic as it is cardboard modeling and then, um phone modeling learning how to properly sketch like you can draw but being able to do industrial design style sketches and do it efficiently is a whole nother skill um at first i really struggled with that but once i found my groove with it that was really good 
um, yeah, awesome school to have. And then, yeah, you moved into CAD. Honestly, yeah, really glad I did that because, yeah, that's probably my most, that's probably one of the most enjoyable processes at the moment um, that I work with. So, yeah, uni, if you really want to be, if you really want to have a comprehensive set of skills, I would recommend going to uni. But seriously, if you're that dedicated, um, you can probably learn all that through YouTube as well. So, yeah. Awesome, man. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me a second time. <laughs> no worries, <laughs> mate. Out, thanks man. for having us on. Um, thanks for dealing with the technical issues we've we've had as well. Hopefully, I, I edited those really well so that nobody noticed until I said something. Um, yeah, I hope so too. And you might have heard a loud bang before, and I was looking around. I was so distracted. Yeah, I sorry. did. I'm I think sorry. I saw something fell off the shelf or something. Yeah, yeah man. We're, it's it's funny too because we're, we're talking about renderings and whatnot. Oh no! Yeah, that fell off the wall. So. It's a, yeah, I was um, wondering about that. Um, yeah, rendering I got in stay. Oh, I think I think I there, it goes been, there it goes again. I think I might have been in, in Melbourne in maybe like two thousand and three. I picked that up. Um, yeah, it was yeah, right. Just a, it's a an RX two. Um, yeah, rotary design. That was, yeah, it looks killer. Yeah, so it's it. Yeah, it jumped off the wall at me. So that's that's what that was. <laughs> yeah, uh, we got there, man. We got it done. Let everybody. We know. got there. Let everybody know where they can find you, dude. Um, so Facebook, uh, AIDS Design and Illustration is my Facebook page. Then Instagram, Aiden, at AIDS Design and Illustration. And then at Aiden.Donald as well is my personal account. Um, probably a little bit more active there. Probably posting a bit more behind the scenes stuff as well. So um, yeah, give both a follow and you probably won't miss out what's going on. Awesome, man. Well, that's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening in, and I hope to have you tune in again next week. Don't forget to head over and follow Gutter Together on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for Gutter Together Podcast. I'd greatly appreciate it if you could share the podcast with a friend and even consider leaving a review on your podcast platform of choice. I look forward to bringing you more next week, so please have a great week and look after each other.